Um, I tried to go to the dentist today. And they were like, no. They <laughs> saw you coming and they're yep. like, sorry, we are closed. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what happened. She's uh, coming. Turn off the lights. Yep. You need to go to Dinosaur Dental. I do want to go to Dinosaur Dental. I do love Dinosaur Dental. They would never do that to you. Yeah, no. Dinosaur Dental would never do me dirty like this. This has been Lee's Dentist Corner. Yeah. Open wide. There's a... <laughs> Whenever I walk into a makeup store, mm-hmm. I get kind of sweaty because I feel like it's very obvious that I don't know what I'm doing when I'm mm-hmm. in the makeup store. Mm-hmm. But I like to take all the weird colors and draw them on my hand because I think that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Make a palette. Mm-hmm. How good would it be to go into a makeup store and do like a Bob Ross tutorial yes. painting with all of the free of sample them. like all of the try trial size yes. eyeshadows and lipsticks and everything on your hand mm-hmm. these are happy little or you could bring like a trees. little canvas what are you, they gonna do you bring like your your young cousin uh-huh. your 12 year old cousin you're like today we're going to go bob ross and she's like oh mm-hmm. cool we're gonna do makeup mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like no and then you paint a forest on her face. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you That's... buy the Sephora. You turn it into an art gallery. Yes. Every every six months, you just move every display of the Sephora half an inch. And you bring and... in half an inch of paint. Yeah. Exactly. And before they Every know six it, six months you move the Sephora half an inch. <laughs> the whole thing with an excavator. <laughs> They'll never know. Mm-mm. They'll never know. Should we do a podcast? I guess maybe. So this is Meet Cute, a show where we talk about all the places that art and science intersect. I'm Lauren, and I'm back, like Brittany. I'm. Lee and I've been here this whole time, so not like Brittany. Yes, in that regard. Yes. Where are you back from? Iowa. Okay. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> so this week we're going to talk about makeup. Mm-hmm. A subject we're both experts on. Experts. Um. Do you want to go first this week? Do you have a preference? I do not care. Okay. Do you want to go first? Not particularly. Okay, I can go first. So I oh, wait here. Hold on. Oh I'm thinking. I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Sixteen. So this week, I thought about looking into like what is in makeup chemically, blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that's whatever. You can just Google that and look that up. Mm-hmm. So instead, I decided to focus in on makeup remover. Ooh, because I think that's far more interesting. Yes. Um, right, because there's many different types of makeup, but there are only a few types of makeup removers, mm-hmm. and they all generally kind of work the same way. So that's mostly what I'm going to talk about. Very cool. I'm going to get into some deep chemistry. 
Well, mm. moderately deep chemistry. So buckle up. So makeup remover generally works by dissolving makeup and keeping mm-hmm. it dissolved in whatever medium you're using. So if you're using um, a wipe, then it dissolves the makeup into the the moisture, the wetness of the wipe. Um, if you're using a liquid-based makeup remover, that's obvious. It soaks into that. Um, so generally when we're talking about things that are dissolving, like things dissolve like things. So things that are water-based will be dissolved into water-based makeup remover or things that are oil-based makeups will be dissolved into oil-based makeup removers and that has to do with the polarity of the water so water is usually charged has a polarity to it so that's why it can dissolve things that are also polar oils tend to not have charges to them they're neutral so they can dissolve other compounds that don't have charges to them Mm, okay and most Makeup removers are a mixture of different solvents and either w- water or oil, never, not usually both, due to the polarity because they don't mix. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, oil is hydrophobic. Yes, I'm going to talk about that. You're welcome. Um, well, not yet, but I am going to talk oh. about that. Okay. Well, say, just... it, say it three minutes from now. Okay. Um, so one of the interesting ones that I found were makeup removing cloths. Mm-hmm. And those are just like microfiber towels that you wet, that you wipe your face with and the makeup comes off. And they don't use any chemicals. They basically just have like the tiny fibers in the cloth that use friction and capture the the makeup to remove it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use warm water, I think t- presumably to soften the towel and also to soften the makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're good for people that have sensitive skin because there's no chemicals involved in it it's not going to be as irritating to them but water is a chemical everything is chemicals Mm -hmm. but i mean in terms of makeup removal chemicals in terms of like other types of solvents water is a solvent but in in Mm -hmm. terms of other types of solvents yes that might be irritating to people's skin Mm -hmm. but it can't remove all types of makeup it struggles to remove like waterproof eye makeup that makes sense. And it can also build up bacteria if you don't mm. wash them frequently, which is kind of mm-hmm. nasty. Yeah. So those are makeup removing cloths. That's cool. The more interesting one that I found, and I think it's more popular, I think, amongst people. It's more kind of like, I don't want to say a fad, but it kind of is like a fad, is micellular water as a remover, as a makeup remover. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of micellular water? I have to imagine that it has something to do with mushrooms. No. <laughs> oh, well, etymology has failed me today. Um, yeah, I the, oh, maybe I'll look that up after I'm done. Because the same root word, right? My cell. Um, yeah, mycelium. Yeah, it might have to do with the way that they look, the way that they're structured. So micellar water contains what are called micelles. Which are basically just small Your bubbles. Your cells? Mine. This is a new product I'm promoting. Keep going. Uh, so <laughs> so my cells are basically small bubbles of oil that are suspended in water. So kind of the way that like carbon dioxide is suspended in a soda. It's kind of like okay. small bubbles of oil suspended in water. So 
you take a soda stream. You put oil in it. And you put yeah. oil in it. Cool. But actually, they form when a surfactant, which means a surface acting agent. Which I didn't know that. It's something new that I learned that it's a shortening of that phrase. Mm. Is added to a solution. So if you have oil and water in a glass together, they're not going to mix with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Because of their different polarities. No. Oil is usually hydrophobic meaning Mm -hmm. not charged not polar water is hydrophilic Mm -hmm. of course Mm -hmm. (laughs) meaning charged if you see i think i'm sure that there's some really good chemical way that Mm -hmm. they've done this but i feel like if you just moved them like (laughs) half an inch closer every six months (laughs) you could catch them (laughs) off guard (laughs) have you tried making them hold hands Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i'm sorry continue so we have our glass jar of oil and water and they're separated right water on the bottom oil on the top because they don't like to mix because of their charges and their polarity and we add Mm -hmm. a substance known as a surfactant to the solution Mm -hmm. it lowers the the surface tension between the two liquids allowing one to become suspended in the other. So if, okay. if there's less oil, then oil becomes suspended in the water. Okay. So this, on a mm. molecular level... Mm, actually, let me back up. Mm. Beep. Beep. Reverse. Beep. Reverse. Beep. Beep. Mm. So surfactants are known as being amphiphilic, which means they display properties of both hydrophobic compounds and hydrophilic compounds so yes the best way that i know how to describe them is that they kind of look similar to sperm Mm. so they have a head and that is usually hydrophilic so the head Mm -hmm. is water seeking water liking Mm -hmm. and the tail is a long chain of hydrocarbons that's hydrophobic what isn't everything is hydrocarbons Mm -hmm. almost except for metals Mm. anyway anyway i keep interrupting you this week i'm very sorry (laughs) what is in this punch so our hydrophilic head of our surfactant turns towards the water in the solution and the hydrophobic tail sticks to the oil and they create these little bubbles little pods the micelles where the outside is hydrophilic towards the water and the inside is a bubble of oil with all the hydrophobic tails pointing towards it oh So that's how they suspend the oil inside of the water. And this is really good for makeup remover because some makeups are water-based and some makeups are oil-based. So it gives you the removing properties of both of those in one solution. Huh. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's different. Yeah. And since they're amphiphilic, um, some surfactants can operate the same way but reversed So they can form water bubbles inside of an oil solution. Mm. It's just 
they look more like a sunburst rather than right. The tails so it's are like pointing the, outwards, and the heads. Yeah, are it's inwards. just the opposite mm-hmm. thing. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. So they're used in a lot of different applications. Um, most common is sodium sodium stearate, mm-hmm. which is the most common component of lots of soaps. And it mm-hmm. comprises about 50% of commercial surfactants. There's other ones that are present in soaps, shampoos, toothpaste, larger detergent. There's one that I found that is a byproduct of wood pulp processing. And they use that to increase the plasticity, which decreases the viscosity of concrete. Um, mm. So that they can make concrete with less water, which makes it stronger. Mm-hmm. So and that way you can machine wash it and you can machine wash it. Yeah. Um is this a so this isn't like a new technology it's just new that it's being applied to makeup remover. I would say yeah it's relatively new and and gaining oh, okay. in popularity. Yeah. Oh, okay. Especially as I think makeups are becoming more more difficult to remove on the whole mm-hmm. like chemically they've changed a lot since right. you know they've yeah, started. Yeah cuz there's a big push for them to be longer lasting mm-hmm. and people are wearing more of it and different in, types and yeah. yeah makeup on top of other makeup yeah right that yeah. sort of stuff um yeah and i think people are drawn to this micellular water because like it sounds kind of sexy right mm. like it's sexy like, oh, water it's water it's sexy water Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks clean like when you see a bottle of it it's it looks like water rather than right. like a cream or just yeah. a wipe and wiping your face yeah and i and it i don't know if i i've ever used it but people say that like it doesn't feel like like leave your face feeling oily when you use it yeah cuz um, that's i've i only used one bottle of oil-based makeup remover in mm-hmm. my life and it was terrible like it right. i literally felt like i was just putting oil on my face mm-hmm. and it didn't even really work that well and i was like why like it just it mm-hmm. was nasty yeah so chemically is really interesting mm-hmm. i enjoyed looking it up i like that that's my information i love it on makeup thank remover. you mm. twist twist uh, the old bait and um, switch. <laughs> all right. What did you um, learn about makeup this week? I see you uh, put on a full face well, for me. It looks great. I did. You're welcome. Um, so I was kind of hemming and hawing over what I mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. Uh, similar, I think, to the way that you were. Because it's just, it's a huge topic, mm-hmm. you know. And we only really, we kind of confine ourselves to 15 minutes yeah. of and there's fame. a lot of, like, overplayed stuff. In yeah. The discussion about makeup. Yeah, too. and that's like the whole like I was like the history of makeup, you know, yeah. and like the way that makeup has evolved, like the way that the design of makeup has evolved. Everybody's talked about it. It's mm-hmm. played out, you know. Yeah. If you want to find out about it, you can find out about it literally anywhere. Um and then I realized yeah. that I can talk about something that I actually know a little bit about <gasps> and that I actually have a little bit of a background in. I can talk about special effects makeup. So um, I'm going to talk about two things, but I'm going to give a little bit of a general overview before I jump in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main thing that we think of when th- we think of special effects makeup is prosthetics. Usually 
they're made with uh, a latex or silicone mold. And the process of making them is long and involved and a pain in the butt. Because basically what you do is you take a negative mold of the subject's face. Mm -hmm. You fill that mold with gypsum cement to make a positive. Mm -hmm. You sculpt the prosthetic on top of that positive with clay. And then you make a negative mold of the prosthetic that you've sculpted with clay and you fill that with whatever material you're going to use so Mm -hmm. like it's just it it makes perfect sense you know but it is just it's such a whole long process Mm -hmm. um and i mean i i think that there's a misconception right now that cgi is taking over and special effects makeup is a thing of the past um but that's well that's really not true Mm -hmm. sfx makeup has evolved a lot like it's it's evolved leaps and bounds in the past mm-hmm. like 40 years like we think of it as a product of the 80s right it's like 80s yeah. sci-fi, sci-fi and horror yeah mm-hmm. um and mid-century sci-fi and horror too like star trek was you know mm-hmm. 60s mm-hmm. 70s but it's still very much a thing that's used in film today and theater as well but it's not it's not a thing of the past it's not you know relegated to classics or anything like yeah. that like it's it's still very much used actively. Um, I was curious about how special effects makeup has evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started in the 30s uh, with the iconic Boris Karloff Frankenstein look. Nice. Um, which if you're not... Which you're sporting tonight. I, I am, yes. So... If you don't, if you're not familiar with which Frankenstein that is, um, it's literally when you think of the image of Frankenstein, that's probably what you're thinking of. You know, it's the black and white photo of him with the Mm -hmm. big tall head, the big flat forehead and the electrodes in the side of his neck and the gaunt face, the gaunt pale face. Mm -hmm. Um, So the look was designed by Jack Pierce. Mm -hmm who also did the iconic creature makeup for The Mummy, uh, the original Ooh, The Mummy mm-hmm. uh, in the 30s, The Wolfman, uh, Dracula. And earlier on in his career, he did uh, the special effects makeup for The Man Who Laughs. Ooh. So it's evolved uh, since the days of Pierce. I'm going to get back to Pierce in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But the way that special effects makeup has evolved since the 30s and since his heyday, it's mostly been out of necessity and concerns about like the safety of actors and you know the time constraints that unions have put on studios and stuff like that um like the electrodes on frankenstein's neck scarred Mm. boris karloff for the rest of his life like he had scars from when they were removed um buddy epson famously had to leave glued to his neck or something like yeah oh god um i mean it was it that's just how they were put on there and it was also that it was repetitive you know because they would be put on and taken off put on and taken off and it's just it doesn't give time for that wound to heal before it's being you know Mm -hmm. um yeah buddy epson uh famously had to leave the role of the tin man in the wizard of oz because he got Mm. sick from the aluminum dust in his makeup um there's kind of a rumor that he that the guy who played the tin man um died from that he didn't that's not true um and buddy ebsen didn't die from it he just got sick and couldn't finish the role he couldn't finish shooting the film uh so they brought in somebody else that wasn't 
Pierce. Pierce didn't do Wizard of Oz. Uh, Wizard of Oz was produced by MGM, and Pierce was with mm-hmm. Universal, which is where all those creature features were produced uh, in the 30s. Creature features. Yeah. Um, but it also took hours every day um, mm-hmm. to build up the makeup for Boris Karloff in the Frankenstein movie. And part of that is because it was literal buildup, and I'll get into what that was in a minute, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that this was a mask that they could put on and take off very easily mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just seal with a little bit of latex or a little bit of spirit gum or something like that. Like, it was literally, they were building this up on his face piece by piece every single day with new materials. So... I mean, you still hear about that happening, right? Like, it oh, it takes eight hours for so-and-so to get into their full-body makeup for this film mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, Mystique in the X-Men films, mm-hmm. um, it took, I think, eight hours every time to wow. get into the full-body makeup for Mystique. Um, but that's also a full body, you know? So right. it it's evolved to the point that we can get that done in a day rather than, you know, it taking hours and hours and hours just to put a face face over Boris Karloff's face, you know? (laughs) So he used, for the Frankenstein makeup, he used uh, cotton and collodion to build up the makeup for the creature's Mm -hmm. face, which collodion (laughs) uh, as... Ripping that cotton. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So collodion is glue. Um, it's used now to hold surgical dressing in place. Mm. And so basically that would act as a bonding agent to hold and shape the cotton. Um, cotton buildup is a technique that's still used, uh, not as frequently, um, but it's not an unusual thing to do. I've mm-hmm. done it before, but I've only ever done it with cotton and latex, uh, cotton batting okay. and latex. So I've, I'm, I've not encountered collodion. I don't know that it's still really used in special effects. Um, Mm -hmm. But like I talked about with George Melier um, years and years ago when we did Paranormal Activity. Oh my God, that Um, was our second episode. I know. This is Uh, our sixth. I know. We've we've grown up so fast. Um, Like this was a very experimental time period for film as an art form, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that was tried and used that hasn't, lasted just because they found a better substitute further down the line so you know i don't know that collodion is still used it's not something i've ever encountered but i don't think that it was because it was bad for any reason i feel like it would stay in special effects makeup longer than it would in the medical field if it was yeah dangerous in some way um they probably just found that something worked better pierce didn't use a lot of latex um, which is a staple in special effects makeup now. Mm-hmm. And I tried to look into that and like figure out why. Um, but it seems like he just wasn't a fan of it. Like it was mm. personal preference more than anything else. What happens if someone has a latex allergy? Is uh silicone. Okay. Silicone is usually used in place of that. Um and that I actually was curious um if that was the reasoning behind him not wanting to use latex if he potentially had a latex allergy um but he did use it sometimes he used it on the wolf man uh not the original look that he designed but the one that he designed for the second wolf man film that he worked on um so it's not that he never used it but he kind of avoided it and i was curious if that was why but i couldn't really find any good information on that and it's also Mm -hmm. probably not something that would have been documented 
you know, and it's probably mm-hmm. not something that they would have really had a medical diagnosis for at that time. Right. So yeah. I'm not really Maybe sure. Maybe he was just like, he didn't prefer to work with it because it didn't make him comfortable or something. Right. Yeah. He wasn't um, diagnosed with an allergy. Right. Yeah. My main takeaway from all this is that the fundamentals of uh, special effects prosthetic makeup hasn't, mm-hmm. they haven't changed in 90 years, really. Wow, yeah. You know, like the process has been refined and it's mm-hmm. been streamlined and better you know, products made. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, it's been made better for the people who work uh, mm-hmm. with it and the people who are subjected to it uh, as performers. But it really, it's it's kind of the same thing that they we've been doing since the 30s. It's just mm-hmm. updated. One last note on Pierce. Um, cause he kind of ended up being the subject that I really researched mm-hmm. for this one. Um, he's responsible for a lot of the most iconic imagery that we have for monsters and horror films. And mm-hmm. he didn't, he did not get the credit for it that he deserved in his lifetime. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Which isn't unusual. Um, but cool dude. Uh, I mean, maybe he wasn't a cool dude. I never met him in person, but I like his work. The other thing that I want to talk about mm-hmm. really quick uh, is moulage, which... Oh, I think I read about that. Yeah. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Tell um, me. Yeah, we'll Be find my out. book. Moulage is using prosthetic makeup to simulate wounds and injuries to train mm-hmm. EMTs mm-hmm. and medical soldiers and other first responders. Uh, some university hospitals use it, too, to train their medical students, but it's not super common in the United States. Um, it's just ketchup. Spoiler. <laughs> they just use ketchup. Yeah. Um, well, they don't because they wouldn't be able to charge what they do. There's a company called uh, Moulage Concepts where you can buy training kits for your agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, they have they have some really cool stuff. Um, and the more time that I spent on their website, the more I kind of got behind it and got behind their whole shtick and everything mm-hmm. they do. You know, and I mean, I'm not a first responder, right? So I don't know, but I imagine that this could be incredibly useful. You know, mm-hmm. it's a hard job to train for, but it's a very, it's a job that you really do need the best training available. Mm-hmm. And so I think that realism can't be a bad thing, right? In that scenario, um, but. Uh, the first thing that I saw on their website, on the front page, they have uh, an active shooter training kit mm-hmm. for uh, $2,862, which is objectively just a weird number. I don't really know how they landed on yeah. that. Um, but the quote from their website that I found interesting um, is, Moulage Concepts Active Shooter slash Mass Casualty uh, Moulage and training kit was developed to assist you in preparing for an active shooter incident response, including moulage specific to wound identification and treatment. This multi-training kit enables team practice of rapid assessment, airway management, and hemorrhagic response with focused training realism and incident standardization. Utilizing interactive wounds that are quick, cost-effective, and most importantly convincing, we provide the visual and olfactory realism required in developing Mm. an effective emergency operations response uh they also have multi-skin tones which that's kind of cool that's kind of cool um olfactory olfactory i was surprised by that and 
I, we all already know what ketchup smells like. Right. That's true. I think it's so expensive because they use that really expensive organic ketchup. Yes. That's the free range is. ketchup. That's what it is. Um, olfactory. Olfactory. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm sure that this is great. And of course you do. This is a situation you want to be prepared for as a first responder. But I'm like, that's just so ghoulish. Yeah. I don't know. What does like, it smell like? I don't know. Where does I don't the smell know. come from? I don't know. Um, and I'm like, I, I'm i glad that I stuck with it because I do think that it's kind of a cool company. And I think that what they're yeah. doing is very interesting and very mm-hmm. probably very helpful and probably does save lives, you know, yeah, because it yeah. prepares people for a difficult job. But I was like, that's like the fact that this is a product for sale it's is like... Weird. I, yeah, and I'm like, I don't know if it's... I, I don't want to blame them for it, you know, because right. it's not their fault. They're just trying to help. But also, yeah. like, I, I don't know. There's something really horrifying about that. And the fact yes. that, like, you can just buy that and mm-hmm. then you have it. And now you can train for an active shooter, which, like, yeah. I don't know. It's wild. But... Did it, did it say that it was prepared for people that were dead due to an active shooter situation um i think that it's there's well there's add-ons that you can buy um add-ons and upgrades that you can buy um for like civilian response and other stuff but Mm -hmm. i think that it's it's kind of a combination of like the like you have wounds like it says um it's for even just from that same little blurb they have stuff for airway management Mm -hmm. um and preparing for like hemorrhages and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and like i'm sure that there's multiple gunshot wounds you can go on their website actually i think it was just moulage m-o-u-l-a-g-e concepts.com um and if you go to their products page i'm so hung up on this old factory because like like when people die like they poop themselves right Mm -hmm. so i was thinking maybe that's it right oh there's a dog one oh god yeah um there is if you go to if you click i think on see all products yeah there it is it opens up a pdf and if you scroll down to page 13 you start to see their like master casts that they have and they're they have pre-made latex wounds they have pre-made silicone wounds it's I mean it's very very cool and it's very it's very cool how specialized they are and I imagine that that's kind of what you get with these kits is that you probably get a variety of gunshot wounds and a variety of like exit wounds and Mm -hmm. stuff like that because they all do need to be treated in a different way right right, and it depends on where they are on the body and it depends on you know what whether the bullet is still in there like it's 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 a very specialized thing and i it's i can i can see why it's used not necessarily with medical students cuz i don't like i think that that's usually a more controlled environment and right. you know it's like it's easier to emergency. simulate mm-hmm. yeah like it's easier to simulate surgery on a dummy or on a cadaver mm-hmm. than it is to simulate an emergency right. situation um right. i don't know they're very they're very very cool i think but yeah 
it's also like a really kind of horrifying thing too like this one i'm looking at basic Mm -hmm. nursing moulage kit yeah um it says it featuring our sim safe line of vomitus a coffee ground emesis feces blood pus secretions Mm. and bile yeah and like it makes sense that i mean they call it sim safe right because it's Mm -hmm. not real so it doesn't carry any of the risks involved of like practicing with real right you know feces with real blood with real vomit you know if you make an error it's not gonna cost you or someone else potentially their life yeah right but it does still desensitize you to that actual right yes i bet like help you focus when the situation is stressful right you can narrow in on what you have to do because you've done it before right you've seen it before you've experienced it yeah caught up on the the trauma yeah yeah and they do they do all come with multiple skin tone options too which Which i think is very cool Yeah. yeah they like they have light medium and dark oh they they have four skin tone options they have light medium dark and mannequin tag yourself (laughs) <laughs> I guess like it makes sense if you're gonna be using a mannequin. Oh, there's a oh. Hmm. There's a picture of the fake poop. Mm. Where's that? What page are you on? I'm on the photo gallery. Oh, you're on the photo gallery. Um <laughs> It is a trip. Photo gallery. Hmm. Yeah, and they are all like pretty realistic too. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like a lot of design and a lot of thought went into these and they're all highly specialized. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting the different packages, the different kits that they've put right. together. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. It's like it's objectively horrifying, but it yes. is, I think, very. It's a very. It's an interesting solution interesting. to a probably yeah. very difficult problem. Yeah. I like, and it's one of those things that like you didn't even realize there was a market out there for this. Like, right. Used yeah. for actual training. Yeah. Used for actual training. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. This fake poop doesn't look very realistic, though. No. It's a little bit shiny. Yeah. I feel like they they maybe should have gone with a mat instead of an eggshell. It looks like ketchup that hasn't been shaken up. A little bit. And there's a little bit of the water that comes out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What did this baby eat? Yeah. Yikes. Um, Oh, this one's got a rash. Oh, he's got measles. Got to train for that again. You got to... I think that's going to do it for us this week on Meet Cute. Uh, please vaccinate your children. Please. And yourselves if you're not already. Yeah. Uh, we would like to thank She's a Spy, uh, as always, for being ever so delightful and allowing us to use their music for our intro and outro. Uh, they're a phenomenal band. They are on Spotify. Um you can check them out there if you enjoy the music as much as I do, which is a lot. So You do? I do. You can find us online mm-hmm. at meetcutest.com and you can mm-hmm. follow us on Twitter at meetcutest. Yes. And if you enjoyed the time you spent with us today, uh, then you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, we are both of those places where you can find us yeah we are Um, yep and we put up new episodes every tuesday so you can be excited for that it's a fun way to 
so you Not can be excited for that. <laughs> Tuesday, really I think, is really the worst jazzed. day of the week because you're like already tired from Monday. Mm-hmm. But it's but not you're not Wednesday really yet. closer. Yeah, you're yeah. not like close to the end of the week. So mm-hmm. the only good thing about Tuesday is our podcast. Yeah, so you can consider us a little bit of a pick-me-up. Or if you work in a job where you don't have a normal work week normal schedule, shedge. then think of us as a way to remember what day it is. Because sometimes I forget what day it is because I don't have a normal Tuesday. schedule. Um, True. But... I always have to remember when it's Tuesday because I have to upload the show. So maybe use us as like a calendar for yourself. Yeah. Measure your life. Welcome to Me Cute, your new calendar. Tuesday. Every day of the week is Tuesday. It's Tuesday somewhere. Maybe if we move Tuesday <laughs> half an inch closer to Tuesday. <laughs> Then, then it will be Tuesday then somewhere. Then it will always be Tuesday. We'll be right just back back next Tuesday, which we'll will be, be right. a little bit closer to this Tuesday. We'll be right just back tomorrow, which is also Tuesday. Thanks for listening. 